know, as the offering buckets go forward, you know, here's one of the things that God's really been constantly laying on my heart. And uh, I have some notes. We'll see if we use them. How about that? Um, it's going to be one of them days, I believe. But I don't know about you, but I'm tired of church. Oh, I'm tired of just, let's sing some songs. Let's, let's go and do this and do that and go home and do it all again next week. I want, I want some excitement of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want some excitement of seeing God. Jesus was born named Emmanuel, which is God with us. Amen? I want God to be with me every day, not just on Sunday. I want us to experience God moving in our lives. And you know what? If none go with me, I still will follow. Amen? And you know, I think so many times we come to church and we reserve because we're worried about what our neighbor's going to think about us. You know what? Don't worry about what your neighbor's thinking because they're judging you. They probably ain't right. And so many times we waste so much energy on people that ain't right. Instead of focusing on the only one that is. You know, and as, as, as as God's been constantly stirring in my heart, we get so caught up in religion. We get so caught up in, 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 in all of us. Every one of us in this room somewhat are familiar with church because we grew up in church some fashion because we're in South Georgia, folks. That's what good boys and good girls do. Most of us grew up through the, through the ranks. We went to Sunday school. We, went, we did the RAs and GAs thing if you were Baptist. You know, if you were Methodist, you went through the, the confirmation and did all those things. If you were Pentecostal, you just went crazy all the time. I'm just playing. <laughs> it's just you did all these things that you thought made you right with God. And what happened is you had a list of things that you did, but you didn't have an experience that you had to hold on to. And what, 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 what I want us to understand, I want every one of you to get is that it's not about a service. It's about an experience with the living God. That's what changes things. That's what breaks chains. That's what changes addiction. That's what brings poverty out, people out of poverty, out of being in poverty. It's people willing to stand on the word of God and, and walk boldly, even though it's hard. See, 2019, I feel like God's calling us to be a people that are not just religious in nature, but we are after God's own heart. And if we're not going to be after God's own heart, then he's going to shut the door. Because there's enough of churches, there's enough of, of buildings, there's enough of people in the United States that are just having church on Sunday and forgetting God on Monday. And he didn't call us to be them type of people. He called us to be people that are on fire for Christ. He's called us to be people that love him, that are after him with everything that is in us. Y'all with me? It's just my introduction. Y'all ain't ready. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 33 this morning. But as I began to read this this week, I want you to understand something. A, a, a Bible um, scholar term, I guess you could say, is, is a word called prevalent grace. No, it ain't my prevalent, prevented grace. Prevented grace. And prevented grace means that before man can seek God, God has to first seek after the man. 
See, we celebrate in Christmas when that was God seeking after us. God's come bringing Jesus to pursue us as a, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have this opportunity to have this relationship with God. And I know we heard that. We've heard that since we were kids. But have we, are we walking in that? Our relationship isn't about a Sunday morning thing. It's about an everyday walk with God. I want you to understand that today. You see, the church in America today is a lot like the Israelites. We, we, we walk in God's grace and we experience God's goodness and then we walk away from God. And then things get hard and then we say, oh God, what happened? And then we, we run back to God and then he's, he, never, he never left. And he ushers us back in and, and, and it goes through this cycle of generations. Until, until the generation that is in turmoil, they're tired of being empty. They're tired of, 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 of just not experiencing God. And I think we're in that generation now where people, God's people are tired of not experiencing God because religion is empty. Religion is empty. I went to church my whole life. I mean, y'all heard my testimony. But I went to church my whole life and there was no internal change. I went to church. I did the process. I did everything that they told me to do. But there was no internal change until I had an encounter with God. An encounter with God changes everything. Changes everything. But see, it's not just one time. See, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we get the opportunity, we, have, we get filled with the Holy Spirit, which means I have opportunity to spend time with God, be in the presence of God every single day. It ain't just when I got saved that I had an encounter with God. I had an encounter with Him this morning. Can you tell? I had an encounter with Him last night. The day before yesterday, you know why? Because I'm seeking after God because he first sought after me. See, church, it baffles me. And the reason I'm so jacked up this morning is because I've been burdened down for months. Not people, not just people from our church, but people from every denomination, any church that I, I, I know, I, I'm going to preach a revival for a bunch of churches in, in June. And, and one of the things, they was like, we've done all we know to do, and we don't know what else to do. And if God don't do something, our church is going to close, so we're just full of old people. I don't know what else to do. Just wish God would show me. I'm like, read the book. I believe we realized that, look, there's something missing. If you've just been coming and going to church, if you would be real with yourself right now and realize that, hey, there is something missing. Because in a man and a woman's soul, there is a yearning for God. There is a yearning for God. I don't care if you're mad at God about a situation or some kind of life circumstance. There is still a yearning for God. There's an emptiness that only he can feel. Until we surrender our will and pick up and say, God, I want your will, not mine, things will continue to be the same. Until we pick up the mantle and say, God, I want revival to come starting in me, it's going to keep being the same way it's always been. 
And what we need, what the church needs, and what you need is a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in your life. We need a freshness. We need to, we need to be revived. Amen? We need that. We need that. All through the book of Exodus, if you read it, and I hope you will this next year, but you read it, man, it's, it's God. God was delivering his people out of bondage. God's heart for the Israelite people, those hard-headed Israelite people that we look at and we like, man, them boys were stupid. They, was, they had God right there, but yet but they, they choose to do this, they chose to do that. Why didn't they get it? Huh? Uh, we, we, we those people. We those people. And, and it's, but, but you know what, 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 trigger, what triggers some things in my mind, what, what gets me is that whenever they would be in so much turmoil, they would cry out to God and God would hear them because they were his people. But you know what always changed it is they always had an encounter with God. When they had an encounter with God, when, when the prophet had an encounter with God that brought the message to the people, or when the people had an encounter with God, man, they, they got fired up, they got jacked up. But see, one encounter will only last you a season because our human mind forgets the goodness of God very fast. So we need a refreshing every day. Amen. So in the book of, of, of Exodus, as you continue reading through, I'm going to get to 33, okay? Don't, don't. Don't, don't hate on me. I'm going to get there. But as you read through, you read what the people, they were in bondage. They were in slavery. And, and God had a plan to deliver them. And he went through all the plagues, right? He plagued the people of Israel, I mean of, of Egypt. He plagued those people. And so Pharaoh would let them go. And these people that had been in bondage for hundreds of years finally had been set free. Miraculously set free. No one had came to the rescue before, and then finally they got set free, and they're headed out, and they get to the, to the Red Sea, and they, they get there, and when they get there to this body of water, they look back, and they see the enemy coming. It's like, oh, you done brought us out here to die. They lost faith that fast. God said, I'm fitting to show you. He opens the body of water, and they go through it to the other side. Crushing down the enemy when everyone made it to the other end. They saw God's hand save them. And now God not only became their rescuer, he became their savior because they saved them from the enemy. And then what did God do? God began to give them manna. He began to give them bread from heaven. He began to send quail into the camp every morning so they could have to eat. He, became, he began to show them that he was their provider. And no sooner had he been providing, they were tired of what he'd been providing. That sound like us? He was providing. And then people began to get obstinate and hard-hearted. And the purpose is, is, is God had a plan to take them from, from bondage to the promised land. And it was only a few, really a few days' walk. But because of their stubbornness, because of their, their holding on to their will and not wanting to surrender to God, it took them 40 years. Some of us are trying to get, have been trying to get to a place with God for so long. The only thing in the way is you. 
Because you won't surrender. You won't, you, I want to experience God, but yet you won't surrender to, in order to have the experience. You keep going through the book. As you read, keep going. They keep getting in trouble. God keeps giving them a second chance. I'm glad that I serve a God that is a God of second chances. Amen? And third chances. Huh? And, and four, four, four chances. Anybody, anybody had to have four? Maybe, maybe five. I got man way in the back saying, I need five. I got you. But I'm telling you, it's all through that. And see, when every time, every time the Israelites would lose the allness of the last encounter with God, they would begin to walk away from God. How many times does that happen? I know with me. I can, I, can, I can have an encounter with God. He can speak to me, speak truth to me. I know that God spoke to me. And a week later, I'm still I'm worrying about the thing that he, t- that he told me he was going to take care of. You know why? Because I didn't stay in him. I said, oh, I got what I wanted, and now I'm just walking away. Instead of coming back to him, coming back to him. The Israelite people kept forgetting who God was. You know, I often wonder, will we struggle as much as we do if we would just stay in God's presence? Because often we go through trials and struggles because God's trying to bring us back. And the only way for us hard-headed people to come back is through hardship. It's through something bad happening. It's through difficulty. Exodus 16, God provided... We provided quail and all those things, and they, and then verse seven, chapter seventeen, they started fussing and complaining. When there wasn't water, what did he say? He said, he said, "Oh, you done brought us out here to start, to thirst to death and die." They went to complaining. Nothing will kill your joy than somebody complaining. Nothing will kill your fire than somebody. You know why? Because you think we always take it upon ourselves, right? And God kind of spoke to me last week. He's like, look, you got to take that off of you. They ain't talking about you. They talking about me. Amen? And we got to put that on them. Put it on God. See, but you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit every single day. I need that to quit complaining. Amen? I need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in the, every morning to, to walk in Him. Let me tell you something. There's some people in my life, I got to have a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in the morning to be able to love them. Ain't none of y'all got my family. I see that right now. Come on. I got people in my life that, 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 that I have to come to God and, and, be, and, and be in his presence for God to be able to show me, for I can show them grace. Because if it was my way, I would be like Chuck Norris on some folks every day and love it. I mean, you ever see, oh, never mind, we ain't going to get off that. Hey, but that's what he was doing. I got to come and say, God, give me your perspective. Give me your heart. Every time we lose that, we fade away from God. See, church, I think in 2019, one thing God has been constantly laying on my heart is we don't need to be a religious people. We got to be a people after God's own heart. We got to be a people who crave God. Not just this Sunday morning thing. Look, this is great, but this could be powerful if all of us were craving God every single day of the week. It could be one of those services in which all God's people come together, we're praising God, and man, the heavens open up. So you're just talking crazy. No, I'm telling you, those things are available. Man, 
People can be healed. Demons cast out. All those amazing things. But it's all about us as God's people having daily encounters with him and refreshed freshness walking with the Spirit. The Israelites could have been so much more. But they allowed themselves to constantly get in the way. You could be so much more, but you allow yourself to constantly get in the way. I said the same thing to me in the mirror. I could be so much more. I could be so much closer to God, but I allow me to get in the way. Moses, then you keep going through the, through the book, and, and it birthed in chapter 19, then Moses goes up the mountain. Moses was the only one that had the heart for God. So God said, you can come up. So he let him come up the mountain. And he come up the mountain. And remember, he gives him, he writes, God writes the Ten Commandments on these stones. And just that fast, he was gone just a little while. The people had already forgotten. They already got complacent. They were like, "Build, build us a God. Build us a God. So Aaron builds him a God, and Moses comes down, and when he comes down, he sees this idol that he made, and then he gets all, man, Moses gets crunk. He breaks the stone tablets. I mean, when I read that, I'm thinking, Moses looks like the rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, he comes down, he's just like, just breaking stuff. Just, just, man, what are y'all doing? Just that fast, they had faded away. See, so many of us are standing at the bottom of the mountain every Sunday waiting for a man to come tell us what God told him. Instead of us realizing that because of Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, because of what he's done, we have access to go up the mountain. Amen? I don't want to wait for you to come down. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to meet Moses halfway. You know what I'm saying? You done? I'm next. You with me? I'm coming up there. We got to have that desire. God, I want you. I desire you. Anybody want God in 2019? Y'all with me? I want more of Jesus. I don't want to come in and listen to a pastor. It's, it's, it's great. But it should be the gravy, not the meat. You know what I'm saying? It should, be, it should be extra, not just all I'm getting. Because if this is all you're getting, man, I'm telling you, you're in bad shape. I mean, you got to, if you're craving God and God's changing your heart, then, man, God can do so much in you and through you than you've ever realized. There's so much more potential for your life. But you have to start and, and just desire more of God, want this encounter with God, realizing that it's not just about this Sunday morning thing. And we've grown up in the South where, where that's what it is. To follow God means I go to church and I, and I listen to what a man says and I go home and I do it all again next week. And we've taken out, Satan has got into the church and taken out the whole part about us walking with God. Us experiencing God. So we went through this vain repetition and we come in and we leave and we leave just as empty as when we got there. Because we're not filled with anything else throughout the week. How many of y'all remember what I preach on Tuesday? Don't raise your hand. I remember leaving church. And Sabrina would say, what, what, what did they preach on? I'd say, sin. That was safe. I was going to be right all the time. I couldn't remember but when I got home some Sundays what they had preached about. 
and we live three, we live three miles from the church. We'd be home. We'd be home at 12.30. Some of you was like, I wish we went to that church. But we'd be home at 12.30. You know, and just that fast, I had forgotten what the man had said. You know why? Because a man's words will leave you, but God's presence will never leave you. It will touch you in the soul. It will touch you in places that you will never, ever be able to forget. God's spirit, God, when you get an encounter with God, it will touch you in places where you have been hurt forever. It will heal wounds that's been wounded forever. It will give you confidence where you've never had confidence before. When you get in God's presence. See, that's what Moses is trying to tell the people. And then we get to chapter 33. And we're going to just jump through some things. But Moses says, so then the Lord said to Moses in verse 1, leave this place, you and, your, you and the people you brought out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying that I will give it to your descendants. I will send out an angel before you, and I'll drive out all the ites, every one of them. Verse 3 says, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. And when the people heard this distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any, any ornaments. See, church, this was right after Moses came down, and he found them. Worshiping this idol. See, often we want to have our cake and eat it too. I want to love the world and I want to love Jesus. But he says either you got one or the other. You know. And, and what he's, he, says, he says, look, I've made a promise and I am true to my word, what God is telling him. I promised Abraham that I was going to make his people. And I was going to send them in this land. I was going to deliver. I, I, I'm going to come good on my promise. But because y'all want the cake and not me, I'm going to give you the cake. And the people realize that's not good. So many of us have just been eating cake all year. And we hadn't been in his presence. And they realized that without God, they were useless. Without God, nothing was going to change. Verse 7 says, now Moses, he used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp. Y'all, man, just picture yourself here. I, I, I read this, and man, I get jacked up because I, I desire this. This is, this is what we get. To, when I get on my knees and get to spend time with God, this is what happens. Somewhat. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it a tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp and when the people saw Moses when he went in and out of the tent and all the people rose and they stood at the entrance of their tents watching Moses until he entered the tent and Moses went into the tent as Moses went into the tent a pillar of, cloud, of a cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses whenever the people saw the pillar standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of their own tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. 
Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Man, could you imagine that? Man, could you imagine that? I want to be like Joshua. So many of us are content with standing at our own houses watching somebody else encounter God. We're content with coming to church and sitting on a pew every weekend watching somebody else encounter God. I don't want to just watch you encounter God. I want to encounter God. I want Joshua yearned to encounter God. He's seen what Moses, and he's like, I ain't leaving this tent. The, the presence of God is here. I don't want to leave this place. See, when you get in a place where you're just, I'm spending time with God, I'm, 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 I'm pursuing Jesus, and I don't want nothing else but his presence, you don't want to leave. You know why people get so jacked up sometimes because the service goes to, two, to 12, 45? It's because they ain't in the presence of God. They're thinking about supper. I've been in some services where I looked up and it was 2 o'clock, and I'm like, what in the world has happened? You know why? Because we were just worshiping Jesus. Did I think about Dairy Queen's clothes? No. Did I think about the cafe ain't going to be up? No, I didn't think about no fried chicken. I'm thinking about Jesus because his presence was there. And I know we don't understand those things when we have been bought into religiosity and religion to where we come in at 11 and we leave at 12 every week and that's how it's going to be because Grandma said so. That's how it's always been. I want to tell you how it's always been is what kept putting the Israelites back in bondage. And we were right back in the religious bondage that the Israelites were in. And until we stand up and say, God, I want you. I want more of you. It's going to keep being the same. But you know what is crazy? It's because nothing would change the people's hearts but God. Moses begged, Moses cried, but nothing changed until God moved on the people. Nothing's going to change in your life until you want it. Nothing's going to move in your heart until you want it. Until you desire more of God, you will never have a true encounter with him. And God opens the door through that. He keeps going. He keeps going as Moses. Moses said to them, verse 12, you have been telling me. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom. You will sin with me. You have said, I know you by name, and I have found favor, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor in you. Remember that this nation is your people. Guys, when you have an encounter with God, one thing, one time ain't enough. He was hungry, right? He's like, Teach me more, God. If I have found favor in your eyes, God, teach me more. Lord, let me, let me know more. People that don't want to read the Bible or people that are satisfied with a little bit of knowledge they have of God. And I don't want that. I want more. Amen? How you get more is you got to get in the Word and know God. You got to seek the Word. You got to desire God. Say, Lord, I want more of you. People who want more of God are not people that are complaining about praying. It ain't just one and done. I'm gone. See you, Lord. See you, Lord. I'll check you out tomorrow. No, it's God. I know that my life is incomplete without you. I know that if you don't come through today, something bad is gonna happen. I know that if you don't move today, I'm gonna man. That coworker is always gets on my nerves. I'm gonna break bad on him today, Lord. If you don't show up, 
Lord, if you don't show up Friday night, I'm going to turn back and go back to that lifestyle that's been pulling on me because Satan's trying to pull back. But until we desire God more than we desire anything else, we'll keep letting things pull us away. And the Israelites, the Israelites were, were just being pulled back and forth. And, God, and Moses' heart was just like, God, please teach me. God, please, please move on my heart. Please, please change me. See, when you are constantly being refreshed by the Spirit, when you constantly like are desiring more of God, He is constantly giving you more, right? He's constantly refreshing your soul. He's constantly talking to you when you desire to hear from Him. This past week, I'm doing my thing. We're bumping from house to house, right? We're going from, from Mama's house to Sabrina's Mama's house to aunts and uncles' houses. We're doing the Christmas thing. You know, we're getting up at daylight and we're coming home at dark. I'm, I'm, my little boy is like stuck to me like glue. I went three days without, without hardly spending any time with God. Don't judge me. You ain't either. I'm playing. Anyhow, I, 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 was, I was doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get this phone call and it was extremely discouraging. And immediately, immediately, the stress of ministry hit me like a ton of bricks, and I just began to weep and be discouraged, and my chest started hurting. I thought I was going to have a panic attack. I was just like, God, what? That ain't, this ain't me. I just talked to a friend of mine that had just quit ministry, and Satan's like, I got you. You next. You ain't going to make it. You ain't going to make it. And I told Sabrina, I said, baby, I, I can't. I just can't. I can't go no more. I can't do I'm going upstairs. I'm going upstairs. I got to be with God. And I went upstairs and I got on my knees and I started reading and I started praying and I started reading and I started praying and I started asking God and I started seeking after God. And next thing you know, that discouragement, I started praising God. I started shouting. In the, in, y'all, don't, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But I was shouting in there. Sabrina, thank God I was upstairs. If not, she thought I was crazy. And next thing you know, that morning... That, that, that deep agony in my soul got replaced with joy because the presence of God showed up. And it was only because I sought after him. It was because I'm like, God, I'm not going to be discouraged because you're greater than this. Amen? I know you've got a purpose for my life. Seeking after him, and I got refreshed. I got refreshed, and God spoke to me in that moment. He's like, is this all you want? I'm like, no, God, this isn't all I want. I want more of you. I want to experience you more. I want to be able to, to not be, be, be controlled by my emotions. I don't want that, God. I want more of you. See, church, I'm telling you that what happens is, is, is we get caught up on ourselves and we lose, we lose focus on what's most important. And Moses' hunger for God compelled him to go further. Moses' hunger for God compelled him. You think he wanted to lead a bunch of hard-headed people through the desert? I bet he was, they didn't, Moses didn't write down what he really thought. I read my, I read my, my, my prayer journal the other day, and I was like, I love to read Moses' prayer journal. It gave me a little more confidence. There was probably some woe is means in there. But the only thing that kept Moses from being that way, I really believe, was because his constant community with God. Community. Daily walking with God. He continues on. 
He says, verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will be your rest. Man, I'm telling you, until we, some of you are tired. Some of you have been walking this out and you're like, I don't even know if this is even worth it. Some of you are leaders in this church and you're like, I don't even, I, I, I'm tired. People don't seem like anybody wants Jesus. I don't know what else to do. I don't know where, what else to do. I, I've done this, I've done that. And he's saying, look, come to me and, I, and you can rest in me because I'm the one going to do the work. You're not. Man, when I read that this past week, I was like, whew, I was like melting in the chair. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can rest in you because you got this. Thank God it ain't on me. He continues. Then Moses said to him, get this. Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and that your people and your people unless you go with us. He says, look, if, I don't want to go. I don't want to take a step unless you're going with me. That's, that's the passion God wants his people to have. He wants you to have the heart like, God, I don't want to go to work unless you're going with me in the morning. Because I know if I go, I'm going to mess things up. God, I, God I, I don't want to go here if you don't go with me. I don't want to do this if you don't go with me. You might think this is crazy, but the other night after it, I was jacked up. I said, God, I don't want to go to sleep if I'm going to wake up and you're going to be gone. I'm telling you, church, he wants people that are, that are wanting him so much to where, God, God, I don't want to take another step unless you go with me. Because, guys, in that mindset, in that moment, you are unstoppable. You know what stops you is you. But when you are walking in God's presence and you're constantly refreshed in the confidence of the Lord, Satan can't stomp on your fire because he don't know where your fire's coming from, church. I'm telling you, when you're walking in the Spirit and walking with God every single day, being refreshed and renewed in God, man, you have got a joy, you have got a peace. Man, you look like Moses, your face is shining. People are like, what do you have that I don't? Jesus. Well, I got Jesus. No, you got church. You left Jesus at the church door. You got left Jesus on that pew. Go back and get him. But I got him this morning when I was sitting by my coffee table. I got him, at a, I got him sitting there. I was at a coffee shop reading, and all of a sudden I just encountered God because he spoke to me because I'm desiring him. And some of you are looking at me like I have lost my mind this morning. But the reality is this, you don't know what I'm talking about because you've never experienced it because you hadn't pushed it that far. You're okay. You put a fence around you. And you're like, God, this is all I want to go. This is all I want to go. And eventually you're going to get tired of being in that little space. You're going to think, this is all there is to it. And you have to step over. But see, the next verse, he says, what else will distinguish me from your people, from all other people, and your people from all other people. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What separated the, God, the people of God from everyone else was God's presence was with them. Church, I want to let you know something. In those days, there was all kind of sacred buildings that were empty, that were void. They were dead. I've been in a lot of sacred buildings and preached in many that were dead, that were void, 
that would suck the life out of you. God doesn't want religion. God wants you to have this relationship. And some of you may think, and you, you, you done said this three, three weeks in a row, I'm going to keep saying it because people need to understand it. It ain't about this South Georgia thing. It's about pursuing God. It's about wanting God more than yourself. It's about desiring him. And I'm telling you, what's going to separate this church from any other church is if you and you and you and you and you, I can keep going. If you want God, if you desire a fresh touch, if you desire to walk in him every day, if you're walking as being a man or a woman of God, walking by his spirit, walking in that. That's what will set this church apart because people know that when they come to a church where those people gather, no matter if we're here, if we're at Magnolia, if we're at the Recreation Department, when them people get together, the Holy Spirit is there. The Spirit of the Lord is there. I don't care if they say Jeremy was an awesome preacher. I hope they never remember my name, but I hope they remember what they felt when they were in the presence of you guys, of you. Because your relationship with God is so on point that, man, if he tells you to walk on fire, you're going to be like, take my shoes, I'm finna take my shoes off, I'm hitting, I'm hitting it. Because your faith level is so high because you know God. You've had an encounter with God. Not way back in the third grade. But this morning, at three o'clock, church, God wants us to be that are hungry for him. God wants you to be a man hungry for him. God wants you to be a woman that is hungry for him. And you know when we get jacked up or you know when we get messed up is when we are doing our own thing and we haven't desired him. And then we get in a mess and we want to run back to him. And our spiritual lives look like this roller coaster at Six Flags. It's up and down. You know why? Because we pursue him for a season and then we forget about him because, and then it goes down. And then it comes back up again. But God didn't intend it to be that way. He intended it for you to walk on the clouds with him. He intended it for you to walk with him every day. And you can do that if you desire to be with him. Church, there's nothing I can say to, to entice you more than God's presence is better than anything you've ever received. So many of us read the Bible and we only, and be, I'm going to be honest, some of us only read what we're supposed to read for Connect Group. That's it. Because that's what is required of us, we think. That's what is expected. I'm only going to read this one little bit in Revelation and that's it because that's what we're going to go over in Connect Group instead of like, man, I want to know more about God. God, God, oh God, God talk to me. God, talk to me today. You know what's crazy is I could sit in, in probably any Connect Group in our church and say, and, and say, what did God speak to you outside of your reading? And it'll sound like the cricket cage down at the base station. we've got caught up on just doing things instead of pursuing God. And God's called us, God's, God's opened a, 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 an avenue, church, for you to be refreshed every day. What does the Bible say? His mercies are new every, every morning, right? Every morning. He's opened this door 
so that you could have this relationship with him every day. I'm not talking about this little petty relationship. I'm talking about this deep, intimate relationship. I mean, God opened the door for, for, for you to have this relationship with him that no man or no woman can fulfill you in. Hey, this, this, this deep yearning of your soul, just, he, he can fill that void if you would just pursue him like that. If you would pursue him like, look, he's my only way out. He's the only way out. He's the only way I'm going to have happiness. He's the only way I'm going to be fulfilled. He's the only way out. That's what he wants, church. Moses knew that without God, without his presence, he was nothing. He knew that they were going to fail. He knew that they were going to fall. He knew that they were going to go back to bondage. That's why he kept going back. That's why he kept going back. in verse chapter 34 and I'll close God says look be ready in the morning verse 2 and then come up on the mountain and present yourself to me on top of the mountain no one is to come with you or to be seen anywhere on the mountain not even the flocks or the herds they may gaze in front of the mountain so Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and he went up the mountain early in the morning as the Lord had come, commanded him and he carried the two stones in his hands then the Lord came down in a cloud and he stood there with him and proclaimed his name and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord man oh how I, love, how I would love to be there he says the Lord the Lord the compassionate the grace, gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation. And Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped him and he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive us of our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. And here he is, another encounter with God. And I love this encounter because now he didn't say those, th those stiff-necked people. He said us. He, he put himself in there. See, when I'm, in, when I'm in God's presence, you know what happens? Is I stop looking at your sin is so big, and I start looking at your sin and my sin. And I start realizing that I'm just as wretched as you are, and we both need the same grace. We both see the same power. We both need the same anointing. See, Moses was in the presence of God. And he says, look, just begging God, Lord, please, go with us. God's done told him he was going to go. God's done told him that he wasn't going to leave him. But he says, God, don't leave me. That, that, that passion, that, that, that fervent desire, that, that just aching in his soul of God, I want you every second. I want you every minute. Don't leave me, God. Don't leave me. That's where he wants us. That's the refreshing that God wants to give you every single morning. Man, if you wake up in the morning, God has refreshed your soul. Man, think of what you can do tomorrow the glory of God. Think of how you won't be discouraged about life. 
because you have had an encounter with God that morning. And let me tell you what one encounter leads to. It leads to another one and another one because you desire more of God. You do, when you start running empty, you start realizing that, you know what, I got to go back because I got to get more. See, some of, our, some of us, our spiritual tanks, we want it to be big. We want to, be a, we want to have a 50-gallon tank. God can fill it up on Sunday. We can ride all week without worrying about him. But I want about a half a gallon so that I can't go far without coming back to God. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, to have this huge encounter and forget about it tomorrow. And when I say encounter, don't get me confused. I'm thinking there's this big show. Everybody in the church speaks in tongues and falls out in the spirit. Or where angels part the sky and say, hello, my darling, my good and faithful servant. I'm talking in the quietness of your home, when you're in, the, in your pickup truck, in your car, when you just quiet yourself and say, God, I want you. I want more of you. And you constantly... Just spend time with God in His Word, praying, allowing Him to speak to you. And as you constantly pursue Him, in the moment that you least expect it, always He comes in like a flood. And He'll rush over you and He'll, 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 he'll confirm in your spirit that He's there, that He's always heard you. Don't wait till bad things when bad things happen to come to God, you can have it every day. And that's the type of people He wants us to be. People who are walking in the freshness of His Spirit every single day. Church, I'm telling you, we've grown up in this stiff-necked religion where we think that this is all it is. And this religion is going to send a many a man and woman to hell because they think by their attendance they're going to heaven. But the only way you go to heaven is those who really love the Father really love Jesus so church I want to tell you how, how, how do you know you need a fresh encounter with God if you've been serving God with obligation you need a fresh encounter with God if you've been joyless if you had not had the joy of the Lord if, if you allow people to suck the life out of you you need to have an encounter with when you come and you lay it all at his feet and say, Lord, I, I can't do this without you. I need you to change my perspective in this. I need you to change my heart in this. If your time with God is forced, like if you feel like I got to go spend time with God, I, I got, oh, Lord of God, I got to read. I got to open my Bible today. Oh, if I don't, I got, let me, hold on. Hold on, I got to do this devotion right quick. Hold on. It ain't desiring God. It's like, you're thinking like if you don't do it, God's going to strike, strike you down today. It's desiring more. So if your quiet time, if your time with God has been forced, if it's not been out of, out of a desire, then you need a fresh touch of God this morning. And Lord laid this on my heart this morning. But it, so many of us listen to the voices of everyone around us. We listen to the voices of rejection. We listen to the voices of ridicule. We listen to what this person thinks of us and that person thinks of us. We listen to what people said 10 years ago about us and it's still haunting us because we haven't replaced that voice with God's voice of realizing that we are accepted to His sight and when he, we get in His presence, church, all those voices shut up. All those voices are gone. 
we walk in this, in, in, in this with our face saddened and joyless because we allow other people to rob us when all we got to do is come into the presence of God and he will shut those mouths. He will quiet those mouths. Church, we need a fresh touch of God. Amen? We need his fresh touch. From religion to fresh refreshing, we need that in a mighty way. And for you to be who God's called you to be this next year, then you need to step into that today. For us to be the church he's called us to be, then we have to step into that today. We have to walk in that today. We have to say, God, I want to be like David. I want to be a man or a woman after your own heart. I desire you. Amen, church. Amen. You know, I just, I think about Paul. I shared this with our 10 o'clock crowd. With Paul, when when he was religious, man, he thought he had had it. He'd He'd been taught that his whole life. He thought that was the way to righteousness. He thought that walking and doing these things, going to these events, all these things meant that he was going to be right with God. And then all of a sudden, bam, he has an encounter with Jesus that changes the whole trajectory of his life. Some of you are one encounter away from everything changing. Some of you are one encounter away from walking in darkness and in the light. Some of you are just one encounter away from from just being so self-absorbed to being so selfless. Some of you are one encounter away of God giving you a heart like he wants you to have. But see, when Paul really met Jesus, everything changed. He, began, he wanted to be radically obedient. He didn't care what it cost him. He wanted to please God. When he, was, when he, when he had his encounter with God, like he craved more. He constantly listened to the Spirit of God and walked in that way. He, he desired to serve God deeply. He didn't matter what it cost him. He just wanted to be obedient and serve God. I mean, the man went, he got snake bit. He got, was on a shipwreck. He was beaten. Man, he was beaten so bad one time that they thought he was, all his friends left him, thought he was dead, and he woke back up and went back in to preach the gospel. That's how obedient that man was. You know why? Because he had, had been having encounters with God. We can be that bold, church. We can get up every morning and kick Satan in the face and say, get behind me, Satan, because I'm serving Jesus. We can walk in that if we have that encounter with God every day. The question I'm asking you today is, do you want that? Because that is the only thing. That is the only thing that's going to change this community. It's the only thing that's going to change Griffithville. It's the only thing that's going to change Twin City. It's the only thing that's going to change any community that you guys are from is if you would seek God with all your heart and let his light shine through you. Guys, we need a fresh touch. And I don't know about you, but I need a fresh touch every day. But the ball is always in your court. You have the amount of Christ in you that you want. And I want to be like Moses. If every time I talk to God, say, Lord, don't, don't, don't leave me. He promised us in Jeremiah. 
that those who seek me with all their heart will find me. He promises us in his word that if you want it, he will give it to you. If you want him, if you want the encounter, if you want the refreshing, if you want to step out of this dead, lifeless religion and, and want this, this vibrant, everyday encounter with God, that he will give that to you if you want that and you walk in that, if you pursue that. you really know him. So today I want to ask you, do you really know Jesus? The gospel simple. It's, it's, it's really, you see what Jesus has done on the cross and you receive that by faith and you're like, I want to give my life and dedicate my life to him and give my life to him. I want to follow him with all my heart. I want, I want to walk with him every day. That's what salvation is. If you, I dare say this last thing, but if you were baptized when you were a child and you said the sinner's prayer when you were a child, but there's no fruit of a life change in your life, then you just said some words and got wet and didn't really receive salvation. Because true salvation, life changes. Your direction changes. Your perspective changes. You can't walk in the same old you and claim to be new. Don't work. That's what true salvation is. Some of y'all need to claim that today and say, I want true salvation. So if that's you today, just boldly raise your hand so we can walk with you. We can pray over you. And we can, man, we can celebrate like crazy over you taking your next step. Anyone, anyone say, I want to follow Christ today. I want to step out of religion. Follow Jesus. Anybody? And then how about who wants a fresh new encounter with God? You will stand with me. And if God's moving in your heart, come to this altar. God's word says, Ask and thou shalt receive. Father, we come to you, Lord, boldly before your throne, knowing, Lord, that. God, it's your will. Lord, you, you want to give us good gifts and you desire to change our lives. And God, well, I pray for every man and woman here that they would desire you more than this vain repetition of just going to church. God, they would desire more of you. God, move in our hearts. Refresh them, Father. Your word says that, Lord, when we ask for your spirit, it shall be given. God, I pray for your anointing to flow today. God, I pray. For, for God, you to break the chains of bondage that's been on them for years and mindsets. God, I pray, God, you, God, just break them in the name of Jesus. Lord, release them in the name of Jesus. Father, we just pray that, God, you, 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 you just pour your spirit over this whole congregation, God. And we really examine our lives and say, Lord, am I walking full of joy? Am I walking full of, uh, of purpose? Am I bogged down? Am I serving you out of obligation? God, I pray, God, that Lord, you would move in us today, God. All of us, Lord, search my heart, oh God, if you've got any wicked way about me, Lord, bring it to my attention so that I may repent and when I want to be closer to you, God. Lord, I want to see your face. God, I pray you would put that craving in all of our hearts. And Lord, for those of us in this room right now, that Lord, there's been something missing and we hadn't quite figured it out. I pray, God, that you would keep tugging on their heart until they really fully surrender. God, move in our hearts today. Change us. In Jesus' name.